Okay, so as I told you earlier, we have a guest speaker today, uh, Mr. Talon Paul. Talon has completed all of his coursework at the Atlanta Bible College and is currently going through his internship in South Bend, Indiana at Timberlake with Andy Cisneros. Um, you guys would welcome him. We'll leave it to you. Good morning. Good morning. And Mark, it's Timberland. Not Timberlake, so. <laughs> no, it's a great honor to be here. I'm uh, really excited about this message. I'm really excited to be here with all of you. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to open up in a word of prayer. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for today. We praise you today for who you are, maker of the heavens and the earth. Lord, we thank you for creating us. And we especially thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us. Father, I pray that you fill this place with your Holy Spirit, that you speak through me, that it may be your message and not my own. Father, in all of this, we praise you and thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have you ever been asked by God to do something really difficult? Raise your hand if you've been asked by God to do something difficult. The most difficult thing that I can think of that God have, has asked me to do was uh, go to Atlanta Bible College. Smallest college in the world, first off. All the way in Georgia, because I lived in Illinois. And there was no wrestling program. <laughs> See, I wrestled for 13 years, and now God's calling me to go into pastoral ministry. Strange. Thanks, God. <laughs> We've all been asked to do something difficult, and... Difficulty is all over in the Bible. You see, Abraham, he had to leave his family at 75, leave everything that he's ever known, had to leave his pension, he had to leave his 401k, and just go off to a land that he didn't even know. You look at Isaiah. Isaiah was weird. God asked him to walk around naked for three years. Go ahead and read Isaiah. You might find it. And then you look at Jesus. He had to go to the cross. He had to be crucified and be rejected by everybody that he was trying to save. There's one man in this Bible that I want to specifically talk about that had a difficult calling. His name is Hosea. How many of you have heard the story of Hosea? Oh, good, it might be new for some people. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Hosea, it's one of the smaller books. It's right after Daniel. It starts the series of the minor prophets. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, see, the PowerPoint worked for me. So. <laughs> if you open to the book of Hosea, I want to talk about this man's love life. This is a love story in the Bible, but it's not one that you would want. God calls this man named Hosea to marry a promiscuous woman, someone who he knows is going to be unfaithful to him, someone he knows that's going to go after other women. If you look in the first chapter in the first two verses, it says, The word of Yahweh came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, during the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. I had to rush through that part because those names are hard. <laughs> yeah. 
So when Yahweh first spoke through Hosea, Yahweh said to Hosea, Go take to yourself a wife of harlotry and have children of harlotry. For the land commits flagrant harlotry, forsaking Yahweh. And I'm reading out of the NASB. You might have a different translation. But God calls this man. He says, go off and marry this promiscuous woman who you know is going to cheat on you. Now, how difficult is that? How many of you want this man's calling? No. No. He even has children with her. He has three different children with her. So this is a long time in the making. And then we find out later in Hosea, she finally does be unfaithful to him. She finally does cheat on him in chapter 2, verse 5. And if you look in your bulletin, you have this handout so you can follow along if, you, if I lose you. She chases after other lovers and eventually cheats on Hosea. In verse 5 it says, Their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has acted shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers, who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. She starts taking off after all these different men that are going to give her things. She's going to play the harlot with all these different other men. And you can only imagine the pain that Hosea is feeling. He's had three children with this woman, and now she's going off after other men. And this is what God called him to. This is what God called this man to. This is his life. How difficult is that? Now that I think about going to the Bible college, it doesn't seem as bad. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe some of you are feeling the same way. The most interesting part about the story is God calls Hosea to go back for her. He calls Hosea to go after this woman once again, whose name is Gomer, so don't name your daughter Gomer. It's the first lesson. He goes back and buys her back and forgives her. He brings her back into his household. Look in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Yahweh said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as Yahweh loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. Then I said to her, You shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So I also be toward you. So he goes after her. He chases down this woman because he loves her. God has called him to do this. He brings her back into his household and he forgives her. How much passion and love do you have to have for somebody that's doing that to you? Now, why on earth would God call this man to do this? Does anyone have an idea? Why would God call this man to go after a harlot, a prostitute, this woman that's going to go after other men. Why on earth would God call this man to this life? A prophet's job was to signify or symbolize something that is happening with God. If you go to the next slide, this marriage, this relationship, represents God and his people Israel. So God married Israel. I know that sounds weird. God married Israel. 
But what is marriage? Marriage is you make a covenant or a deal with the other person that you're going to be faithful to them until death. Is that right? I just got married, so I'm not, not sure. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not, <laughs> but God made a covenant with these people. He made a deal with them that he was going to be faithful to them, and they were supposed to be faithful to him. He said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. That's what God did. God is Hosea in the story. God's the one that married this woman, Israel. And of course, if you've ever read the Old Testament, Israel chased after other lovers all the time. All the time. The Baals, the Asherah poles, all these different gods in the world, they kept going after other gods and trusting in them that they could be the ones to save them. Even after God did these amazing things for them, he split the Red Sea and had them walk right through, and then they're going to go after someone else. This marriage is what God is going through. Israel cheats on God all the time. It got to the point that he had to punish them, and he sent them into exile, took them away from their land and had their city destroyed. God still loves Israel. Remember, Hosea went back for Gomer. He went back for that woman. Just the same as God goes back for Israel. God forgives Israel when they turn away from their evil ways and, and repent of the sins that they've committed. Look in the book of 2 Chronicles, and I ha I'll have this on the screen here, on the next slide, if you can read it. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it's a very famous, very well-known verse. If I can get there. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says this, If my people, which would be Israel, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. You see, God loves these people. He wants to be faithful to them. He wants to fulfill his promise to them. Just like Hosea wanted to fulfill his marriage covenant to his wife, even though she kept going after other lovers. Israel kept going and kept going after other gods to the point that they had to be punished. Now, when we talk about Israel we start getting off track a little bit because we don't think that this applies to us very much, does it? Well, I think we're wrong. Do we think that we're any different than Israel? Do you really think that you have not cheated on God too? That you have not gone after other lovers? That you haven't gone after another God in your life? You see... If you go to the next slide, this also represents God in us. See, God made a covenant with us through Jesus, through his blood, through the sacrifice that he made. Uh, Luke twenty two twenty talks about the Last Supper, and Jesus takes the cup. He says, this is the blood of the covenant. This is the deal God has made with us. This is the marriage covenant he's making with us. And unfortunately for all of us, we all also do the same thing Israel does. 
You might be asking, well, I don't worship a piece of wood. I don't go after a stone statue and start praying to it, right? That's what they did. I don't do those things. Well, we need to define what a God is. A God is anything you love more than the true God. Anything you put in your life ahead of the Creator becomes a God for you. This can be anything. It could be money. Money is called a God all the time in the Bible. It can be your career. It can even be your family. Jesus had some hard words. He said that uh, he must come first above mother, father, son, and child. All your family has to come second to him. What is the God in your life that you are putting ahead of him? Think about that for a second. I also need to think because I'm no different than you. I do this all the time. What do I spend my time doing? Play video games. Well, there goes that. (laughs) Watch TV too much. Watch TV way more than I should be reading my Bible. That's hard. I'm sure I'm not the only one here. I go out to eat too much when I should be staying at home, worshiping God. I could be taking a fast. I could be doing all sorts of things for God, but I don't. Because this is what happens when we sin against Him. We put other things ahead of Him all the time. Good news is, God does forgive us. He for, Hosea forgave Gomer and went back after her. God forgave Israel and kept pursuing her, and God pursues us as well. He wants us to turn from our wicked ways and turn back to Him so He can forgive us. So what do we need to do? How can we put this into practice right now, tomorrow, the next day? How can we do something about this? I want to challenge you to reorganize your entire life by putting God first in everything you do. So you think about just the basic stuff. I'm going to work. How can I put God first? As I'm driving along the way, I'm going to pray to Him. I'm going to worship Him through song. Something. Just do something to put Him first above all else. Before you have a meal, pray. Talk to him. Thank him for what he's done. There are so many different ways that you can put God first. And each case is different. Yours is not going to be the same as mine. Mark probably doesn't deal with the sin of uh, video games too much, do you? Yeah, see? See, we're different. So will you please take this chance? See, I'm going to have to show you some video games now. But no, (laughs) Will you take this challenge to reorganize your life? Think about what you do on a daily basis and try to find a way to put God first in each and every one of those categories. Because eternal life is not something you want to give up. Immortal life in the kingdom of God is something that is far greater than video games, than eating, than going to work. It's greater than all that we can even accomplish. Take this challenge, reorganize your life, look at it, and put God first. Yours is going to be different than mine, so this is a challenge for you. Will you join me?
Let's do this together. Let's do this as the family of God. Let's reorganize our lives so that way we don't have something in place of God. Now, I'm a short-winded speaker, so this is, this is over. It's done. So I'm sorry. I don't know what you're used to, like 35 minutes. I'm not going to go there. So, But I would like to close in prayer because I think the point is clear. What can I do to put God first in every category of my life? Let's pray. Father, we come before you humbled and so small. Father, we all sin against you. On a daily basis, we always put things before you. And Father, we don't want to do that anymore. We want to put you first in everything that we do. It doesn't matter what it is, how menial it is. We want to put you first. Father, we don't want to be the gomers that keep going after other gods in our lives. We want to be faithful, and we want to inherit your kingdom. Father, forgive us for what we've done, and give us a new heart, a heart of flesh, so we can leave here today with the hope of eternal life and knowing that you are still pursuing us. Father, in all this we ask, in the glorious name of your Son, Jesus, amen.